0: I'm happy to have on the show today Eric Daimler. He's the CEO of Conexus. They're pretty deep into predictable generative AI. What happened when you started your, your first financial services firm?
1: The advice I could offer people is don't start a financial services firm right before a major financial crisis. That's good advice to be taking away. I've had always thought that after starting several companies, the components were a strong team, smarts, the team that's willing to work hard. We had that and then some sprinkling of luck. So with those three components, we raised quite a bit of money from some potential investors and went to work. It was four perhaps the smartest people I knew and me trying to use our math to do statistical arbitrage uh, with algorithms we had learned in graduate school. And that uh, went well until it did it because people couldn't understand what we did. And so it ended up being Instead of a fantastic return, just a mediocre one. And we eventually moved on to other businesses. So it turned out okay. But what I learned is that luck, (laughs) profit can express itself in these businesses as a third component of the business in ways that may not all be desirable. It's important to, for me to uh, manage my emotions and move on and and try again with smart people, hard work and some sprinkling of luck.
0: So you've jumped through uh, a few businesses since then?
1: I'm on my sixth and none of them have uh, yet been unicorns, but my wife now says that the goalposts have moved and Decacorn is the new standard. So
0: get on it. She's lovely, it's- but that's the new standard. So what is the decision to jump into the you know, decide, All right, we're going to try this business out. And what kind of time frame do you give it to really see it through?
1: Yeah, the the heuristic I use on that is to declare my assumptions uh, going in. I'll actually go through the exercise of literally writing down what my assumptions are because we, I find, excuse me, we generally as humans, but me in particular, as I'll say, uh, you know, have a tendency to revise our own history and pretend that, or or be able to fool ourselves is a common way of saying it. So I find that the exercise of writing down my assumptions, writing down what I think is true at the beginning of a business. And revisiting that can be helpful in being able to uh, objectify or having a principled way of reviewing where the work is. What am I going to do in six months? What am I going to do in a year? After the end of that period of time, I can uh, revisit where we thought we'd be and make a a, a better quality decision than if I just tried to recall what I thought. So what were your assumptions
0: with uh, this new company in the AI space?
1: This company that we're working on now has a fundamental assumption, which is that we represent a breakthrough in AI that is not merely rare, but literally unique, not figuratively, literally unique, and that it has a foundational place to play in some of the largest companies as they begin to continue on their on their own digital transformation the assumption is that we as a team have this particular value to provide that you know, is, is worth the trouble of starting starting companies that's the, fun, the foundational assumption and that that continues to be
0: true so in this are you targeting large enterprise then with this particular venture so what we do is what connexus does
1: is it brings together Data together, data integration, call it data migration. In the same way that the telegenic AI can brings together words or images, we can bring together something even more sophisticated, which is mathematical models. That that is just a, a combinatorial explosion of complexity. <laughs> that that's what our AI does. And inside of these large companies, that helps in the operationalization mm-hmm. of critical infrastructure, such as designing airplanes, such as distributing energy, such as managing shipping containers around the world. This is foundational to the economy and, and, and every company will eventually experience this need, but the largest organizations and governments experience this
0: pain before others. Within these six businesses, has there been any stories of one that either had a great exit or just disappeared overnight? Both equally interesting. As
1: I I've been doing this a while. And as I tell the story of not starting a financial services business right before a major financial crisis, I can also offer a time where I went out to establish a business and raise funding. This is something we've been working on, me and my co-founder for several months, maybe not quite a year, but several months. This is a a critical technology in in databases and in the, the development of the technology we had a clear plan where we thought we were two, maybe three years ahead of any reasonable competitor. We had spent some time developing this tech and some time working in the domain. So we thought we had a particular expertise. We knew what the customer, where the customers would be, but it would require some degree of investment to further develop out the technology and build the team. Not a lot, but more than we had on our own personal balance sheet at the time. So we had set up an appointment to go out and start the process of raising a venture where we had five or six meetings set up, we worked over the summer. Summer doesn't, isn't really a big time for venture capitalists historically. So we had set up these meetings to start rolling out after Labor Day in September and so our, our first appointment I think was on September 12th of that year, but we picked the year poorly, the year was 2001 so that's my second piece of advice is don't start any company right before a major terrorist
0: event. <laughs> really, the timing is great on some of these. Huh? <laughs> you just have to keep moving on. So what would be additional advice for on, for new entrepreneurs thinking about starting their first business?
1: It, it can be off, perceived as generic advice, but it's probably worth repeating because I don't think it's really in the zeitgeist sufficient to its importance, which is that the chance of these companies succeeding greatly is pretty rare. So uh, pick something that you are, can really get into some large amount. I I forget the statistic, but I think it's 20%, 30%, maybe it's 40. I don't think it's that high, but it's some large percent of these companies falter because of conflicts among founders. So pick your partners. You're going to go through some if not tough times, at least some hard conversations, and you want to have people that you really respect and and people with whom you can work, because it's uh, it's really unlikely to be an easy journey. What we read about in the press, in all respects, from the profiles of the companies to the profiles of the founders, the profiles of the markets that that, that fed both, I think describe often the exceptions that, that prove the rule that most of these companies do not succeed. So find something that you can really get into and do it with people that you'd really enjoy being around. That's that's a foundational piece of advice I think I can I can offer. The the often um, used characterization of grit. I'm, I'm not quite sure how useful that is, uh, but I, because I I don't know how to operationalize grit. I don't know how to wake up and say I need that. Uh, I can manage my emotions. That I'm never uh, as great or as bad as the press about me will imply. Therefore, really the future of the company is no longer, neither as great or as bad as I might think. And we just have to keep doing the intelligent, responsible work day-to-day, manage our emotions and, and be persistent. I'd say that persistence is something I can operationalize. That, that is something I can do, which is continue to, with enthusiasm, continue to work and do right by my staff, my co-founders, and my investors.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good point because to do six businesses, you have to really enjoy it. And it takes a lot out of you to be an entrepreneur. So having good people around you is really important. But what are the struggles that you're going through or pain points you're going through with the current venture? Yeah, I smile because
1: after offering the generic advice that can still be really powerful for people as they wake up every day, I can offer that that the deeper, perhaps a little more sophisticated advice about the characteristics of a business, which is to make sure you're addressing a market that's large, a market that's growing, and that you can count on your solution being at least 10 times, and perhaps uh, two orders of magnitude better than classic solutions. That's all true, that fits the the characteristics of the technology that Connexus offers uh, to our clients. What is difficult to appreciate is the degree to which the customer perceives this problem existing If the customer has the proverbial stone in their shoe, but they don't think it's a stone in their shoe, they think it's just a malfitting shoe, then you can't really tell them to get your stone out of your shoe. Take off your shoe. Oh, I'll just go get another set of shoes or some such thing. And so we really struggle with the degree to which people have been blind to this particular problem of data integration, that it it requires a deeper conversation, at least today. The reason is often because the people that do this work are not... In North America, generally in North America or Europe, the people to do this work are often in uh, South Asia, maybe East Asia, hired by these large consultancies, these large consultancies exist to do the work that our AI automates. It therefore is not really seen as a problem. It's just seen as a bill. It, it presents itself to the board of the direct board of directors as just a, a check. I write to Accenture or Deloitte or Infosys or Tata or Wipro or Tipco every uh, quarter for maybe tens of millions of dollars. It doesn't occur necessarily as a problem per se. And so that's a particular challenge in the dynamics uh, of our commercialization of category theory.
0: So Eric, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you or reach out to the uh, current venture, how could they? Uh, I, LinkedIn is probably the best way. The website, Conexus.com
1: or connexus.ai is full of information about our particular predictable generative AI. And uh, happy to talk to people about data integration or symbolic AI based on our mathematical discovery and category theory. If anybody wants to geek out about that.
0: Sounds good. For all those geeks out there, go ahead and get in touch. And thank you, Eric, for coming on the show and everybody for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. If you like the show, make sure to give us a five-star review. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.